dearly beloved, I'm Nat F. King Guy, your host and celebrant for this podcast, Death is Not the End. And today we are gathered here to pay tribute to someone who I don't actually know that well at all. Um, time to get super familiar with them, I guess. I cannot say this for some reason. Josh, Josh Wilson. I can't say your name, Josh Wilson. I can't Wilson. say Josh Wilson? I, I can slur over it. Josh Wilson. What's wrong with you? I, I got a wonky mouth. Josh Wilson. See? Josh, Josh, Josh Wilson. Josh, Josh Wilson, welcome to the show. I'm doing very well. That was fun to listen to. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the program. Okay, so how does it feel um, being dead? How does it feel? Um, I feel better. It feels better. It it it, it feels good. It's good. comfortable. It's I'm floating in a I'm floating in a in a warm saltwater ocean with no sharks. It feels good. Nice. Okay, so where could we have found you in the internet sphere when you were still alive? Uh, assuming that you're not talking about the dark web, um, I am most of Familiar Wilson's Media. So you can go over to familiarwilsonsmedia.com to find me. And I do podcasts and music and art. So if you want to hear this fat mouth say a bunch of nonsense shit, then you can go over to Super Familiar with the Wilsons, which is... The first uh, podcast that I started with my wife, and then we have one called Unscrew It Up, where we offer differently twisted solutions to life's little problems. Basically, that's us identifying stuff that's wrong and then giving totally useless solutions to them. And I got some other projects spinning as well. So it's good to have many projects in the fire. Yeah, even the fire is getting spread a little thin, but it's I like it. It's a good distraction. I mean, you have about a billion podcasts, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, one, two, three. That's, that's why I have trouble remembering which one I'm doing. Right. Okay. So, next question. Um, what do you think is number one on the top forty? No, no, not that one. Um. <laughs> so, okay. So, religious upbringing, America. It's kind of big on that stuff. Yeah. How was yours? Uh, so I was raised Presbyterian. So I don't know if that means okay. anything to you, but. All these different denominations have their different branches. You have liberal branches and you have conservative branches. And so I was raised in the ultra-conservative branch of Presbyterianism, which really fucked me up for a while. Ultra-conservative. So that would be no abortion? Oh, God, no. And... No, no, <laughs> no. The women weren't allowed to speak in front of the assembly. So you couldn't have women pastors and there's other denominations that do allow it. But when I was a kid, I asked the question, well, why, why, why don't you allow women to be pastors? And the answer was, well, I'll put it to you. What do you think the answer was? Uh, did they shoot you in the leg and tell you to shut up? <laughs> no, they had, they actually used words. <laughs> Their answer was that you can't have a woman up in front of men because instead of thinking about the word of God that she's proclaiming, they will be imagining having sex with her and they will cause 
and and having her up there will will cause them to sin so therefore she cannot be up in front of the congregation preaching i shit you not sounds like a them problem yes well the them was a bunch of males in leadership so there you go yeah that's that's worse than i thought it would be actually so today how are you feeling about religion what do you sound like still in the same position don't like women speaking (laughs) i am pretty a religious now so i did i did see the error of my ways well i was a kid it wasn't my fault but there was too much cognitive dissonance for too long. And then finally I just said, well, this can't be true. And so I'm naturally distrustful of religion in general right now. I'm not saying that there might not be aspects of truth in, in all of it. Cause it all, all of the religions seem to have certain things in common and we would be wise to try to figure out what in humanity's makeup has us keep putting these same pieces together. Right. And maybe in different ways, but the organized religion, the hierarchy, all these things I have no use for. Okay. So you kind of have the idea that God would be a nice idea, but in practice, it's always run by people who sort of uh, use it for their own means rather than the actual good. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm even ready to say that there's a God. But what I am ready to say that it's certainly possible that there is something beyond this life. So what would those things look like to you, like heaven and hell, if there was such a thing? Hell would be the state of Florida, which is where I live right now. (laughs) Heaven might be in Canada. In a specific part? The, The... the wide open wilds, the mountains and the rivers, and maybe a couple of moose that don't get too close because those fuckers are scary up close. Um, but yeah, just the wind blowing, the sun shining, my girl at my side, a dog. Yeah, wheat. Somehow, wheat, like waving wheat, is involved as well. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so. Oh, my. Assistant has left for today and not left me any notes. What are we doing today? Are we um, trying to get into heaven, avoiding hell, or attempting or applying to be a god? Uh, you know, I think that we should... See, I don't know, because like I said, I don't believe any of those things. So I, I think we'll we'll try to get into Canada. We'll try to get into heaven. <laughs> and actually, my story and one of my songs has to do with getting into Canada, so... So we're trying to go to Canada, like perfect Canada. Okay, trying to get to Canada. So what you'll be doing for this, let's get some, yeah, this is top 40, Hedman's Ball, uh, the other I show. told you I'd break your format. <laughs> okay, so you'll be pitching your life as a movie, your life story as a movie, scoring it with popular music soundtrack to help those at home envision what you have in mind. Tell me. Eight tracks, seven points of the story, and then the eighth one will be the eighth one will be the ideal ending to your story. Which is what we're heading towards, hopefully. Which being heading towards Canada. Which to me would just be <laughs> right. getting a passport and driving up there, I guess. Getting a passport proved to be very difficult for me, but that's a different story. Is it because of all those people you shot? 
<laughs> no, 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 no. It's that I didn't shoot enough people. Come on. Have you never been to America? By the way, I asked you very specifically, have you ever had an American on? And your answer was, thankfully, no. So here we go. One of you ready? So the first song is Up on Cripple Creek by the band. I picked this song by the band, by the band, by the band, Robbie Robertson, Levon Helm. So I picked this song because they are a Canadian band. I was born in Canada. The story, as I understand it, is that my mother moved up to Canada from Miami, which is where she lived, to follow her boyfriend, who I think was dodging the draft. So I was born in Canada. I was born very, very early, like I shouldn't have lived. Stayed in the hospital for a long time. Um, And then after I got out of the hospital, she moved back to Miami to um, to live with her parents. So the upshot to this and the reason why I want to end up in Canada is because I can apply for my Canadian citizenship, that they have birthright citizenship there. And I've actually sent away for my Canadian birth certificate. And the next step is to apply for citizenship. And once I'm able to do that. I can bring my little family and we can find our field of wheat and we can leave the United States of America far behind. So that's that's kind of the plan. But my life started where I, I was born in a place I didn't really have any people except my mother. I didn't really belong there. And that kind of defines the, the rest of my life. It's a good cool. song, though. Yeah. I never realized they were Canadian. Canadian American, but the the song leaders were mostly Canadian. Mostly from Canadian. Okay, cool. Have you ever been to Canada? I thought that. I've heard it's nice. They don't have as many guns, I understand. Although they they kind of have a, an issue with dealing with the with the original inhabitants that's kind of a big thing so you know it's one of these things where you ask yourself where can i live in the world where people won't mess with me where i generally agree with the government where people aren't assholes and your your options get smaller and smaller every time you add one of those descriptors to it so what would be your place what would be your canada i'm curious i always like japan oh really Say yeah. more about that. Why Japan? I don't know. It, it seems like a different world. They were like so isolated for so long. Their way of thinking is so much so different. So whenever I've been out there, I've like just fell in love with the way it looks. And I've heard like stories of going out of the cities because you only ever go to Tokyo when you first go out there. At the same time, you go, go to different places and you watch videos of going out into the countryside. And the countryside's like a different story altogether. It's like really small villages, everyone gets along. It's all a nice community, everyone's very respectful. I mean, the issue would be, let's say, life a passport, getting citizenship, uh, learning the language. 
but the government and some parts of the countryside are a little bit reluctant to let in foreigners because of the isolationism and... but yeah it'd be nice to go out there and do that just live out there because it's I don't know I always feel like really comfortable out there my wife's brother was stationed there when she was a kid and she actually traveled there and she spent some time there she loved it she loved it now that was before Fukushima took a dump on the country and so I don't know how many mutant things are over there now compared to back then but that would be my concern no that's like the northern part of the country oh I'm guessing they went to Okinawa that was like the everyone goes on holiday down there but again it's like a different world down the southern part of the country is to the northern part of the country so yeah there you go I agree with you on that one trying to find a place where you can actually live you have to the passport get along with the government find the land hassle but you've got a plan now Canada you know and the reality is that I just need one or two good neighbours I don't need to agree with the whole country I just need in general for the the idea to be they'll leave you the fuck alone and then you have like a nice one or two neighbors and a, and a corner store you can go and that's it. What, what else does one need? That and the internet. That's all I need. I'm a very simple man. <laughs> just like back in the day, you know. Cool. That's the first one. That's start your life. Next up, you got this one. I feel like the right version. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. But this is never enough by the cure. I always love the cure. You, you a cure fan at all? Yeah, I got there. I wasn't a big fan when I was younger. For the last couple of years, moving to that. Because the more music, the cure definitely top of the list. Yeah, I like. There's uh, a lot of albums I'll get through. Yeah, I like. Uh, I like Robert Smith as well. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he's pretty good, especially recently with the Ticketmaster stuff going head to head with them needs to be yep. done yep so this this song represents the 80s and the 90s to me I mean late 80s early 90s when I was starting to self-identify as an adult you know starting to try to figure out what's going on in the world I tell you I struggled with this song not because I don't love the song but I was gonna pick still haven't found what I'm looking for by you too because both songs kind of um, represent the idea of searching, not feeling complete, not feeling like you really know your place in the world. I loved you two growing up, but there's no way at this point, with Bono being such a knob, that I could ever put a U2 song on any list about my life. I mean, my God. But I liked them back in the day when, especially... Uh, around the Octone Baby time when they it was kind of a big fuck you to their choir board and choir board image, and I appreciated that, but but not anymore. I spent most of the '80s and '90s not really knowing where I fit in the world, which is kind of a recurring theme. Kind of fell in love with a girl, I made her the center of my life for a while, and she moved away went from job to job i didn't know what i wanted to study it was just just kind of a i spent the entire 80s and or late 80s and early 90s just kind of in a big fog really not knowing what i wanted to do just knowing that i wasn't doing 
the thing that I wanted to do. The only thing that, that I kind of wanted to do was have a career in art, because I, I illustrate and I draw and I paint and all these. But there was no way to do that. Like, I didn't know how to do it. No one was encouraging me to do it. Um, there wasn't social media, so I really couldn't make contact with people. So, eh, I just didn't know what the hell to do. Did you look into stuff you could do with that then, play down the line? Or was that never coming to you, just do it for fun? I mean, I have uh, uh, some socials with my art on it. I've done some commissions for people. I've done some album covers for people. It never was a full-time, though. I mean, I never never really was able to generate it enough to, to just do that. Although that's, in the end, I'd love to be a full-time creator. But, I mean, I'm a white middle-class dude. Wouldn't we all rather just do that? It's true. I had that dream of being a comic book artist when I was younger. And got the um, bit of advice from my guidance counsellor. I was leaving school, it's like, oh, there's, there's no future in it. Comic books aren't, aren't, there's no future in it at all. It's just like the number one thing in the world at the moment. Right, exactly so. And your stuff is good as well. Thank you. I feel like no one has made a, a horror movie called The Guidance Counselor, and it's a big miss. I think that Guidance Counselors are one of the the three or four most evil people that you can have, killing people's dreams. Yeah, well, there's a Guidance Counselor, the bad guy, and Todd in the book of pure evil. But... There you go. There you go. <laughs> so it's not unmined ground. I appreciate that. <laughs> But yeah, the, the 80s and, and 90s, or early 80s, I'm sorry, late 80s, early 90s were kind of a, a big fog for me. I didn't know what I was doing. Okay, I hope that brings us to the next song. Ah, uh, yes. so nice so that girl that I said that I made the center of my world and then she moved away um, she moved back and we ended up getting married and we had our first kid and man being a dad being a dad to that little boy it, it changed my life and of course, all dads would say that, but it was, and we'll talk about my dad a little bit later. I didn't have a great relationship with my dad, so I determined that I was going to be the father that he never was. And, you know, I've got three three boys now and one girl, and I fuck up all the time, but doing better than he did. And that's really the best I can ask for. And I can't, I can't deal with, like, things about... Um, dads and sons that really hits me in in a really deep place like this fucking song cats in the cradle by harry chapin you heard this song cats in the cradle you know yes the classic are you coming home dad i don't know when we'll get together then my god i cannot listen to that song it breaks me every single time and then they just had this this pixar movie and i don't remember thing one about it except that it was about these two kids searching for their dad and her dad their dad like is a pair of legs that walk around or something you, you heard of this piece of dreck 
What? Right. Anyway, that's it's, just a pair of legs. It, the, the dad like half comes back, and it's this story about the sons trying to assemble the dead. Sounds like a horror movie, but it's a Pixar flick. The details don't matter. What's matter? What matters is at the end of it, they had this touching scene about the father and the son hugging and crying. And here I am, this dumbass movie that I hated, crying like a damn idiot because it's got that father son thing in it. So I'm a sucker for that crap. Um, but yeah, no, I love my children with all of my heart, and I'm I'm definitely gonna be better than my dad. And I can't listen to this song for very long because I'll start to cry. not my aim on this show i don't do it deliberately i mean do you have anything like that yes i know but but do you um do you have anything like that that will get you every single time i think there's a few songs that make me well um i don't know if it's like a personal thing though i think if you get someone who's really good um with lyrics (laughs) or it is so deeply buried yeah Possibly. Nothing to do with family, though. Yeah. Everyone's got something. I, I know that I have... I, I will cry at the drop of a hat at stupid things. That I know that somewhere deep inside is broken. Like, they used to have these commercials, fucking McDonald's commercials, where it'll be like a, a, a um, an old man like is working at McDonald's as the guy who sweeps up. And the point of the commercial is this old man, he's retired, he went to go get this job part-time job at mcdonald's just because he loves to work and he's so happy at his job right he's just smiling mm-hmm. at everyone and it's so touching and heartwarming and such a silly thing and damn it i find myself crying at this commercial this old man is happy to work at fucking mcdonald's what's wrong with me dean yeah i know there's uh, something rob jones said once um about there's certain songs he can listen to and if he doesn't have the emotional reaction to them he knows there's something wrong so he'll seek out certain songs yes. if he's feeling down and they don't make him react the way he should do, like break down and cry to them, then there is something seriously wrong. So yeah, they're, they're healthy to have healthy emotions. That is an amazing emotional diagnostic tool. See, it's this weird thing that I found though, at least for me, as a kid, I was very emotional, right? And then as I grew up, I had to shove that in because I didn't know how to control it. And probably also because of a a self-defense mechanism. And now as I get older, like all that stuff is coming back out now. And I want it to come out. You know, I want to be able to express myself in a healthy way. But I find myself in a movie theater, like hiding in my jacket because this damn movie about two legs walking around someone's dad. And I'm crying. Yeah, I grew up with... um... I kind of think of having to hide it because you get mocked for doing it. I remember breaking down when watching Dead Poets Society was the first time, and I'm not sure why. But it was watching at home, and I got mocked for crying at it. And it's like, oh, you're crying. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And I felt bad for doing it or embarrassed. And I'm like, why was I feeling embarrassed for crying at a movie that made me feel emotional? 
I'm not sure why I was feeling emotional at that because I was like maybe not even a teenager at that point, but yeah, the right point, you know. That's an intense movie, boy. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember when I was watching it as well, but definitely preteen. I'm old. Just don't talk to me. <laughs> okay. I've got to be the oldest person you've had on this podcast, right? By by like decades, yes? Um, how old are you? 52. Two. Um, I think so, yes. Maybe not decades, okay, though. There you go. Okay. I mean, I'm 45 nearly, so. Oh, Jesus. I didn't know you were such a fucking fossil yourself. <laughs> Some of the other weeks that I looked at... Um, well, I was asking how old I was. I went, how do I look? I went 35. I'm like, you're being kind. <laughs> well, you've, you've aged your body on purpose. So, I mean, that's on you. I mean, I was gray when I was, I was going gray when I was 16. So, oh, yeah. Jesus. I was going bald, but I was mid 20s. Oh, yeah. That was, a, I haven't even talked about that. I don't have a fucking song for that, but I should. <laughs> Like, like I was 19 and all of a sudden I noticed that the widow's peaks are getting more and I lost my damn mind. I go into my dad. I said, there's something wrong with me. My hair's falling out. We need to go to the doctor. And he's like, you idiot. <laughs> no friend. This is just how it happens. This is those genetics I've given you. That's well, no, he didn't give me these genetics, but we'll get to that story. Little Miss Can't Be Wrong by the Spin Doctors. Um, so this song is interesting because everyone thinks that the lead singer of the Spin Doctors wrote this about like a, a woman or his girlfriend or whatever. No, he wrote it about his, his mother-in-law who was terrible to him and told him that he'll never amount to anything and that music isn't his. So basically it's his big fuck you to his his stepmom right so hmm. i relate to that because the man who raised me my dad very difficult person well first of all i don't know who my dad was because the gentleman who raised me wasn't my biological father the dude who moved to canada don't know what happened to him my brother my my mother brought me back and she couldn't keep me she couldn't take care of me so i was adopted by a friend of the family this this gentleman and it's such a a weird relationship in my mind that i have with him because he was very generous by taking me in paying for everything i needed making sure you know i went to school and i had a comfortable life like middle class back when middle class meant something different than what it means now but along the way he was probably one of the coldest and most insulting and verbally abusive people that you could imagine in that situation not ever physically abusive but but in all other ways abusive so i have a real weird probably still not even resolved relationship with him in my mind now he is no longer with us he's shuffled the mortal coil and i don't know what his eight fucking songs would be most of them would probably be neil diamond 
which is another problem I have. But, but yeah, it's just it, very difficult. I, it's probably one of those things that's going to take many hours of therapy for me to deal with with this guy. But I mean, he is the reason why I'm here today. So I got to thank him for that, I guess. Hmm. There's a lyric in this song that goes, you know, he he talks about, you know, I hope you hear this song and it pisses you off. And then the line uh, right here. If I had a dollar, I might give you 99. There's still something in him that recognizes what this person has done and still would do anything for them. So, hmm. so there you go. That's why this song oddly fits perfectly in describing how I feel about my dad. Welcome to Josh's Therapy Podcast. Another spin-off. There you go. You can you can be the host. God, you jump off a tall thing if you had to hear me talk about this too much. Nah. I just sit there and go. So how does that make you feel? <laughs> Excellent. My money would just be pouring into your pocket. Nothing would be resolved. I'd just be there in a puddle on the floor and you'd just be laughing your ass off and inside. Thank you. Hundred dollars an hour, please. Thank you, sir. I'll just be sitting there doodling the entire time, <laughs> drawing an ass, <laughs> couple of comedy penises, <laughs> spunking dick and balls. Gotta love it. <laughs> Definitely a father issue. Hmm. Oh no, no, no doubt in my life. <laughs> But doesn't everyone have daddy issues? Yeah, I guess so. My partner always thinks I was adopted because I'm so different from my family. How so? I'm not a massive racist. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's a good place to start. You saved yourself thing. there. Oh, good on you then. Yeah, my dad was a bit of a racist as well, but he would tell you that he had some black people as friends. And that should count for something. I've not heard this song in years. All right. Understanding in a Car Crash by Thursday. That's a good song, man. Such a good song. I'm tempted just to listen to it right now. But the the idea here is, is having a realization out of a disastrous situation and having kind of in that moment having a realization. For me, that realization was um, divorce. And... You know, having two boys and then just reaching a point where the relationship with their mother wasn't working and then having to separate. And I mean, I think up to that point, and I wasn't young either. I mean, this was a good 16 years into this marriage. Um, somewhere along the way, and, and there's fault to be had on both sides, but I can only speak of my fault not anyone else's and and you know i had to just grow up I had to grow up like dude you're affecting people's lives here you got to grow up and it's not that i that, you know there were no huge issues with me no addiction or or anything like that it's just i had to grow up and I am where I am now, and I'm very happy with my life now, with my family now, and my the two boys that 
that came from that marriage. They're doing marvelously. Um, so I can't say that I wish it never happened. But I kind of wish it never happened. Like, I kind of wish it never had gotten to that point. There's a weird dichotomy when you're looking at your life and you're looking at the decisions that take you different places. But the chilling thing is when you realize that your actions significantly impact other people for the negative, you know, and they'll carry that for the rest of their lives too. So, Jesus Christ, this got heavy. That usually happens. He's a therapy session after all. I know. I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> That's right. You're not going to let anyone hear this, are you? Um, not not uh, down to my listener stats on BuzzFeed. No, no, no one will be listening to this. <laughs> well, just as long as there's no listeners in Canada, then I'm fine. You know, this is out there. <laughs> so there South you go. Korea That's my Thursday song. <laughs> Ooh, South Korea. Yeah, I'm number 20 out there. So you and E, my nice. boy, then. Your Thursday. Do you have an emo period? No. I mean, I don't mind people yelling. No. Did I have... No, no makeup for me. No, I was, I was still too... Um, too Presbyterian for all that stuff and now I'm just too old I can't be bothered can't be fussed with messing around man so I have tried throughout my life to have different affectations because I thought they were cool um, and every single one of them fell away because I couldn't be fussed to to just put in the effort like I used to be a hat guy I used to love wearing hats I used to have earrings I had a gold chain what else what are, what are the other ridiculous things I can check off piercings here? And each and every time, what? Piercings, tattoos? Uh, no tattoos. The only reason I don't have a tattoo is I have yet to design one myself that I that I want. I've always said that if I'm going to have a tattoo, it was going to be something that I design. And I just haven't come up with anything yet. Piercings, yeah, I had earrings. I mean, that's as far as that went. Um, but then I'll, I'll lose them or forget to put them in, and the holes close up. And I'm, I'm like, well, screw that. I'm basically just a t-shirt and shorts guy, man. And flip-flops. That's all I'm ever going to be. Good songs, me then. Yeah. Ah, good song. So this is Candle by The Canoes. You heard of The Canoes? No, I don't think most of the world has heard of the canoes, the amount of trouble I had getting this song. <laughs> so the canoes is a group of musicians, some from Norway, and um, and the, the guy singer right there, Chris Barron, is the lead singer of the Spin Doctors. And this song, Candle, was written, I think, in the height of the pandemic. as just a everything's going to be all right type of song. And this song I dedicate in for these purposes to my wife, Amanda, who basically saved my life and continues to do so on a daily basis. She is the most selfless person that I know, but she's not one of these sickly sweet kind of people. She is very real and very down to earth. 
and yeah no she's she's the perfect human being as far as i'm concerned i mean she has her moments but then don't we all um i i do my podcast with her she she's one of the few people who actually laughs when i tell a joke which right there i mean that's every guy's dream right um yeah so so we both this is the second marriage for both of us and this little life that we've built is if i can't make it to canada i'll be okay because i'm with her so how about that's that's just about as uh, as unadulteratedly sweet and pure as i get those few sentences right there that is as least cynical as i've ever been It's a beautiful song. It's a nice song. And actually, I just, right before this, I was telling you, I got off the phone with a guy in Norway for my podcast. It was one of the guys from this band. Nice. So I would recommend The Canoes. If you can find them. It's a fun little band. If you, you can find them, just fuck off, dude. You found them. Get out of here. They're on like Apple and Spotify and all the places. It couldn't have been that difficult unless you can't spell canoe. Uh, th- their favorite song of mine is called Thank God I'm an Idiot, which is basically just an ode to being so incompetent that your partner doesn't ask you to do chores around the house. <laughs> and that song's up next then. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, next up is this one. Shambhala by Three Dog Night. Have you heard this one? Yes, classic. Oh, I love this song. So this is what I believe about life after death. I mean, I don't know what's there, but I have to believe that it's going to be a place of peacefulness, a place of uh, no no hurt, no tears, no ills. It's just going to be, you know, heaven. And this goes back to what I was talking about before, about what I believe is after. I don't know what it is, but I just know that it's going to be good because there's something within us as human beings that yearns for that that yearns for perfection, that yearns for peace, that yearns for, you know, perfect connection with others. And I think that the reason why we have that program in us, because that's what we got coming to us. I don't know why we're here. I've not sorted that out yet. But I know that that's that's what's waiting for us. And if I'm full of shit, if I'm wrong, then I'd rather be wrong in that direction than just thinking that everything just kind of blinks out and then we don't know anything so what do you think about that yeah I think that's why I like the idea of the afterlife that they give you so yeah I would hope I'm wrong with everything in terms of that's where you end up you end up in a better place everything's great my cynical brain though but yeah if, if I'm wrong I'd like to be wrong that way 
I went through uh, so ultra religious, and then thinking that there's nothing, kind of like you're talking about, but then landing on the there's got to be something else. Mm. There's got to be something because you know they're coming out with with mathematical probabilities that there's more to the universe you know this whole idea of being different realities um, the fact that we do have these things inside of us and we don't know where they come from but these urges or these impressions that there must be something more I don't think we can ignore all that or at least I I don't want to I mean, I'm not evangelizing here, buddy. So, I'm just <laughs> so don't worry about that. I don't care if you believe this or not. But I just do think that it's it's a more hopeful way of thinking. Yeah, I think it's more that people think that, and this is, seems more of a rehearsal. And like, yeah. I was about thinking at the end of it anyway, and I think that's damaging to people. Yeah. So I think yeah, if you're if coming at it from a view of not following a religion and being super religious in your life, but at the end of it, there is that ending or something to go to. That's a good thing because you're not treating this as like a rehearsal. I think that's sort of what we're going about it. Oh, people who have well, an I, idea. I, yeah, I yeah, get that. Like, and the, the religion that I came from definitely said that what we do on this earth doesn't really matter anyway. Actually, what they said was it was preordained and we don't have any free will. That's another mindfuck that I grew up with, by the way. Um, imagine being taught, right? And I don't know how familiar you are with Calvinistic theology or at all, but imagine being taught that it's been decided that you're going to hell or heaven before you were born and there's really nothing you can do about it. But at the same time, you need to live your life and try to be holy and try to be good. None of it made sense. Yeah, that's kind of why I dropped out of believing in it. And like having the organized religions in general is... That's, that's where they all kind of come from. It's like, oh, you're going to go to heaven or hell if you yeah. don't do these things. But then isn't God all loving or forgiving? Unless you're like super like you you know you you kill someone because you want to kill someone or abuse people or you're like a really bad person if you're just someone who has to live like you have no money so you steal because you'll die if you don't steal anything you know but that's a sin because you're stealing but then you you know you need to do it to live right i think with society as it is it's not conductive to say oh you need to be um well capitalistic society of having to earn money to live to buy stuff buy food buy a house have shelter so on plus being super religious on top of it doesn't really mesh up especially when you have religious it leaders. just doesn't make sense yeah, like religious leaders making money off the um, clergy or their followers, you know, doesn't add up. So, yeah, I think if people want to believe in an afterlife, but at the same time live their life as a good person, it's a good thing. 
I'm not completely against religion. Yeah, I think so, that, some people believe in it and are well, good people. There's, yeah, there and there are some religions who, you know, they like Buddhism. To me, feels like it might have a little bit more truth in it. Um, there are some aspects of Hinduism that are super interesting to me, but I haven't studied enough to be able to comment beyond that. So, I mean, like I said, I think it all comes from somewhere. Like there, there there's clearly a a yearning within us to try to figure out what the fuck is going to happen next. Um, so, so there you go. I'd rather be hopeful. This, of course, is Claire de Lune by Debussy, and probably my favorite song. And this is what I want my death slash afterlife to be, this song. Such a lovely song. Peaceful and beautiful and delicate and not simple and well I think the afterlife is going to have classical music anyway but that's just me so yeah this is this is one of those things where if I can put on my advanced directives when I'm ready to go if you can put this song on a loop until the heartbeat stops then I'll be pretty happy they say that your hearing is the last sense that you still have before you before you actually pass away and this is what I want to hear are you at all a classical music guy? Eh. I don't mind it <laughs> so heartfelt <laughs> Think I'm in a room, but it's so I'm just playing a piano, and you're sort of—it's the only thing you're focusing on. Yeah. This middle bit right here reminds me of the rolling ocean. Hopefully, you'll sync this up when you know when the track's playing. Beautiful song. That's it. And there's still in this part, there's still like a bit of, it's not all peaceful. There's still a little bit of yearning. One thing that I was afraid of when I was being raised, talking about how heaven was a perfect place. And I'd always be like, well, don't, wouldn't we get bored? And of course, no one had an answer for that beyond to say you're going to be perfectly happy and at rest and peaceful. Of course, you won't get bored. No one to be bored in the afterlife. So I want to be at rest, but I don't want to be just sleeping. I still want there to be goals to be attained, things to do, things to be happy about. So yeah, that's why this song is perfect for the afterlife. Hmm. 
So do I get a grade now? You gonna grade me on my my list? You gonna tell me if I made it to Canada? Yeah, I think you're making it to Canada. <laughs> on the edge of my seat, there, buddy boy. <laughs> Just enjoying the song now. Yeah, it's lovely. It's okay for, you know, people to admit that they like classical music. There was a time where where I was a little embarrassed to admit that, like in my 20s, that I really dug classical music. Then I went to a three tenors concert. Someone had tickets and they were coming to Miami. And I went and saw the three tenors. Now say what you will about the men themselves and the controversy there, thereby, but the music was otherworldly. And from that moment on, I wasn't embarrassed by classical music anymore because it was so powerful and so ethereal. Hmm. No biscuit though. <laughs> you've not lived until you've heard a classical version of a limp biscuit song. <laughs> which I'm sure exists. Which I'm sure you're gonna try to go find now. Yes, I will find that now. Okay, Josh, thank you for that. Hope you enjoy your stay in Canada. <laughs> Y'all come visit me in my wheat field. I will do. Thanks for doing the show. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you Josh for coming on today and thank you the listener for downloading and listening I hope you enjoyed it if you'd like to go over to totalcultzone.com you'll find links to all my other stuff which includes other podcasts which I do in radio form you know, radio shows actually got full musical tracks on them it's amazing I'm also going to redo these shows at some point and have all the music tracks on them fully as well give you the full immersive experience of the life stories being told also, there's a daily log which I update daily. There's artwork on it, work in progress stuff, podcast production notes, and photography. Super po-faced, wanky photography, which you may actually enjoy. You never know. Also, social media links for whatever platforms I'm currently on. I quite like threads at the moment. I'm on there a lot. X can go fuck itself. Tocoltzone.com. There you go. That was an amazing plug. <coughs> 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 <coughs>